think that the challenges facing Gen Z are unlike any that have been faced in generations before. So hello and welcome to another guest episode of my podcast, Happy Days, with me, Callum Church. Now today's episode is one of my favourite episodes so far, not only because of the absolute gent of a guest I have for you today, but also because of the incredibly important topic we discuss in depth. For this episode, I'm joined by James Capel Abra, a fully qualified mental health first aid instructor and wellbeing specialist at Stress Matters. Together we discuss mental health in young people, particularly focusing on why so many young people suffer from issues with mental well-being and what we can actually do to make it better. As host of Happy Days, I'd like to thank you all for listening to and sharing my podcast so far. Honestly, I'm actually so, so grateful for you all. But as this is such an important episode today, I'd like to ask a small favour from you all, which could make a massive difference. Whatever podcast player you're listening on, please hit the three dots and share this episode with your friends. The reason I ask this is because you never know who could be suffering from mental health issues or go on to suffer in the future. I'm super proud of this episode and the simple act of sharing it with others could make a huge impact on someone's life. So please, please guys, take the time to hit those three dots and share this episode. Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time today to listen to my podcast. And without further ado, here's James Capellabra on Happy Days with Callum Church. So James, welcome to the Happy Days podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, do you want to just take a minute just to introduce yourself to to the audience, to myself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and um, also just follow on a little bit with um, what you did following following your high school days. What what you did following that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks ever so much for having me, Callum, on the show. Uh, I love the show. I think what you're doing is 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 really great, um, and I'm really pleased to be a part of it. So thanks oh, for having thanks, me. Um, as uh, yeah, as you say, no one knows me, so I suppose I better give myself a little bit of a an introduction. Uh, so I'm James Capalabra. I am a qualified mental health first aid instructor and a well-being specialist um, for a company called Stress Matters. Uh, so for those of you that are listening thinking, what on earth does that mean? Well, basically, um, mental health first aid is very similar to physical first aid, but for your mental health. You know, it's as simple as that. So it's training people to understand how they can provide um, immediate help and support to people who are in mental distress, uh, very much in the same way that a physical first aider would provide initial help for someone who has, you know, broken their leg or yeah. uh, had a car accident or something like that. So, so what sort what's some of the sort of common issues which you come across um, when you do need to provide that sort of um, first aid to people? What, what, what are the more common sort of instances which you come across? Well, the most common mental illnesses in um what in the uk are uh, depression and anxiety Mm. so broadly speaking those are the two kind of most um most prevalent things that you'll see uh and and obviously we teach people as mental health first aiders uh to become kind of aware of what the signs and symptoms are for those and then know actually how to talk to those people and give them the help and support that that they will actually benefit from uh, mm. So that's kind of what mental health first aid is all about. So what what actually, you know, led up to you setting up Stress Matters with your with your wife? Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So well, I'll go, I'll go back because you asked me about what I did sort of high, high from school. school, and I suppose yeah. it kind of tells the story, really. So yeah, so I I, I um, like most people, went to school, uh, got my A levels, uh, then went to university. I did a business management degree. Um, went traveling and kind of all through that process yeah I didn't know what I wanted to do I had no Mm. idea what I wanted to do really I just kind of thought well I like business so yeah I'll do a degree in business and then when I was traveling I was trying to you know like most people do try and find themselves try and work out what they want to do still didn't know what I wanted to do um 
And then I kind of fell into a few different jobs. I thought, well, I've got to do something. So, you know, let's give that a try. Something's better than nothing. So I did a bit of like business support um, type stuff um, for, you know, basically helping small businesses to access grants and to yeah. improve, like kind of uh, do a bit of a review on themselves and, and, and work out what they can do to improve and stuff like that. Um, and also at the time, my family uh, had a family business. They ran uh, kitchen showrooms um, and they needed some help. So I kind of just fell into that a little bit as well, giving them a bit of help here and there. Um, but then an opportunity came up in 2012. So what's that? Eight, eight, nine years ago mm. um, to set up a new business kind of as a different arm of that like kitchen showroom side. Um, and it was all to do with um, so basically manufacturing specialist, uh, specialist surfaces for that industry, but also for other industries as well. So I thought, well, you know, I've got a business degree. I, you know, I've helped other people turn their businesses around and, and mm. look at how they can improve things. Um, yeah, great opportunity for me to, to practice that, to, to actually do that myself. So I set that up, as a, again, as a family business back in 2012 um and ran that all the way through till um the back end of 2019 um mm. so we built that up to you know a really successful business employing about 20 people you know multi-million mm -hmm. pound business that type of thing um and i think a lot of people then just go oh okay cool so you were successful yeah that means you were happy and you know why did you give that up yeah. and i think that's like a really yeah. <laughs> easy thing for people just to see from the outside and go yeah. why on earth did you did you leave that uh but ultimately you know what i realized was i started to become depressed and uh experience anxiety myself uh for the last few years that i was there and i realized i didn't know it at the time but i realized afterwards with a lot of self-reflection and therapy and, and stuff like that that i i was doing something that was someone else's dream it wasn't yeah. what I wanted to do. And I just kind of got caught up in it and went along with it. Um, and I also realized that what I was doing and the way that the business was being run, because uh, it wasn't just me, there was a couple of other people as well. There's three of us running it. Um, it didn't align with my values, didn't align with what I believed in and what was important mm -hmm. to me. So that caused me unhappiness, but I didn't realize why mm. at the time and I had to leave and go through a whole process of of kind of recovery and reflection to understand that that's why I felt that way um when I was running that business um so I decided to leave not really knowing what I was going to do yeah. afterwards um but going through that journey of recovery from uh, depression and anxiety and I still consider myself to be in that journey now it's not you know I don't think it's like a, you go through it and yeah. stop and then you're okay again it, it's an ongoing thing but going through that really kind of inspired me to to learn more about mental health, to uh, kind of to understand um, a lot more about it. Yeah. Um, and my wife had uh, she set up Stress Matters before I was involved. Um, and it was kind of very much around mental health and mental health awareness um, and, and trying to get people to be more proactive. So, you know, dealing with it when it's at stress level before it gets to mental health level yeah um and um and so i decided to to get qualified as a mental health first aid instructor and to join forces with my wife and to to grow that business so that's what i'm now doing awesome yeah and it, it you know you're doing a great job and it's 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 actually really inspiring some of the stuff you're doing i i, I hopped in with the um with the workshop which you did with peter the other day um and and just had a look and it's, it's just awesome to see that you're you're helping people out just what I wanted, what I wanted to ask you, you said that the place you was, um, you know, building the, the, the company you built before didn't quite align with your values. What did actually really mean? Like what, what did matter the most to you? What, what, what would you say your values were and how did they not quite match up? Yeah. So what I discovered again, I didn't know this at the time. And I think this is why people kind of get caught up in, um, you know, ending up end up going down this process of of becoming mentally ill and experiencing depression and, and anxiety because they're they kind of they know something's wrong but they don't know what it is. Yeah. And it, it it took me to go through that to then go back and really understand and drill down. Okay, well, what are my values? And then I started to realise that there was a disconnect. Yeah. So what I discovered that was that for me, my values are thoroughness, uh, curiosity, and generosity. Now, a lot of people think 
they've got five, 10, 15 values um, and that they can live by all of those values all of the time. When you actually look at it, you've only got enough headspace and um, ability really to have two or three values. Mm. And that's what's kind of, it's quite difficult when you go through that process of really drilling down into what's important to you. Um, but those are the three that I kind of, you know, that, that, that I realize actually those are the most important things to me. Um, and with the business that I was, I was running at the time, um, things like curiosity, it didn't really allow me to explore my curiosity mm. around the different ways in which we can do things, the different markets in which we could operate in. Um, and there was kind of very much a, well, this is the way it's, it's done and this is the way it's always been done. So that's the way we're going to do it. Uh, this is the easiest way. So that's what's going to, you know, that's what we need to do. And I think, well, just because everyone else is doing it and it's the easiest way, does that mean it's the right way? Does it mean it's the best way? Does it mean there's no other way? Yeah. So it kind of, it didn't align with my value of, 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 of trying to understand what all the options are and really kind of thinking about, well, you know, maybe there is a better way and maybe we could you know investigate that and and, and look at that mm. and that might be pos- that might be positive for our business yeah so you, that's you, just you, one example you mentioned that it was it, it took some time for you to realize that you were actually suffering for me when i've suffered with mental health issues in the past i didn't even realize it was going on to be honest i didn't even know what was wrong with me <laughs> you know um not that there was anything wrong with me but i didn't realize that everything going up here wasn't normal. You know, I, I suffered a lot from anxiety. I had a massive sort of loser complex where, uh, you know, I, I was so caught up in my own anxieties that I thought everyone hated me or, and I started to separate myself from my friends and that type of thing. And it took a long time for me to, you know, dig myself out of that pit of anxiousness of anxiety and, you know, sort of like the cloak of depression you get over the top with these issues. Um, so you, you mentioned that it, it was when you started like understanding what your values were that you, you sort of realized what was going on. What are, so, what are some of the identifying sort of, um, you know, pictures? What, 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 how can we identify when we're struggling or, or when someone else is struggling? What, what, what actually helps us to sort of snap onto that and understand that, no, this isn't quite right here? Yeah, good question. Um, and it's difficult because like you say, you know, I've experienced it and you ex- you've experienced it. And when you're in it, you don't even realize you're mm. it. it's something that's happening to you. And this is the key difference really between mental health and physical health. If something's wrong with your physical health, you, you pretty much know about it, don't you? You know, yeah. it's um, uh, with some exceptions, of course, stuff that happening that, you, you, you know, you might not be aware of. But generally speaking, if you've if you've hurt your arm, you know, you've hurt your arm um, and you kind of know what you need to do about it. Um, but with mental health, it doesn't happen in the same way. And I think that really um, highlights the importance of self-awareness. Because mm, we yeah. can, if, if we know ourselves that these are, th- this is the way that we behave, this is the way that we think, uh, the, this is the way that we feel when we're in a good place, then we know we're in a good place. Mm. And also to identify. So one thing that we do in, in a lot of our workshops is getting people to understand um, the journey that they go through when they start getting stressed. Because when you start getting stressed, usually your body starts telling you things physically. Okay, so for me, for example, I start to get tension and pain in my neck and my shoulders. And I know that's my body's kind of way of tapping me on, on the shoulder and going, mm. you're getting stressed out. You need to do something about this. So I now I, I now know that when that happens, I have to employ some self-care uh, techniques to, uh, to, to manage that and mm. to stop it escalating and getting to a point where I'm potentially experiencing depression or anxiety again. Um, so self-awareness, I think, is super important. Uh, but it's, it's difficult because it's, it's all well and good me just saying on a podcast, you need to be more self-aware. And but every, you know, people listening to this will probably be thinking, well, how do I do that? Yeah. Um, and and there are so many great resources out there. I know you're a big fan of you know of, of uh, uh, all the books and and um, self development kind of resources that are out there. Mm. And there are so so many, and I would just encourage people to uh, to follow people on social media that inspire them and and uh, and to read up to really understand how they can be more self aware about about their own mental health. Mm, but yeah. then I think the other side of that is is the things that we can do for other people, the things that we can identify in other people, mm. um, because 
you know you can okay if you could if you become self-aware you can look after yourself but if you're not self-aware then how are you going to potentially stop this escalation of going from being stressed out to potentially uh, developing a mental illness and the only way is if somebody else intervenes and says are you okay and actually helps you so it's um and, that, and that's what mental health first aid is all about is about understanding those signs and symptoms in other people and how to proactively approach them and and help them and support them in a way that is is actually useful to them mm, yeah so is it just as simple as saying are you okay is, is that as simple as it gets just to re- regularly check in with people you know be there for, for your mates and stuff you know is it that sort of thing it can be, yeah, absolutely. You know, don't underestimate the power of of checking in on a mate mm. and saying, "Hey, man, you're right. Yeah. How you doing?" You know, um, <clears throat> but the the thing is, that person is only going to be honest with you if they know that you are going to show them empathy. Yeah, that you know that you're not going to judge them. They mm. know that they can trust you. So it's not as simple as just saying, hey, how are you doing? There's got to be this environment that is created mm. between those two people uh, to allow the person who might be in distress to actually feel comfortable to yeah. say, hey, do you know what? I'm, I'm not all right, actually. Yeah. This is what's going on for me, and I don't know what to do about it. And, and know that that person isn't going to go, oh, I don't know how to react to that. Mm, let's change the subject. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And and sp- speaking about values earlier, e- empathy is a, a key value of mine personally. I think the world would be uh, like so much better. There would be so much more benefits in the world if if people were more empathetic with each other. There, there wouldn't be nearly as many issues. And um, for me, I'm I always it, it is so important to me to always remain empathetic and and as you say create that sort of environment where it's okay for people to open up it's okay for people to let it all out and just let it go because when when it comes to these types of things if i if i speak to my friends and that type of thing if they're struggling or or even just stressed out with a certain thing it that that's what i try to do i try and create that environment try and keep, keep that understanding and that and that compassion you know, and I think that's so important. I just want to move on now to um, why why these issues are here, because we 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 see right now, uh, particularly among young people, that um, you know, mental health issues are uh, they've never been higher. Really, things like uh, drug abuse and alcohol abuse they've gone down, whereas the, the the suicide rates have gone up. Why do you think this is, James? Well, what's going on here? Yeah, really good question. Um, I think particularly in young people so I suppose you know Generation Z and and Millennials um, if I'm allowed to call Millennials young people still (laughs) (laughs) probably more Generation Z I suppose now Um, you've got I I think that the challenges the challenges facing Gen Z are unlike any that have been faced in generations before Mm. so you've got this truly digital you know, social media world um, where everything changes so quickly and trends are, um, you know, trends come and go so quickly. And you've got this kind of this, uh, you're bombarded all the time by so many different things, so many more than you were um, if you were, you know, if you're 30, 40 plus, for example. Um, So I think from a young age, you've just got this constant bombardment of, you know, who are you? Who do you want to be? You're not good enough. Um, you know, seeing people and things on social media that you're supposed to be aspiring to that. And I think that makes, makes you feel bad about yourself because you think you're not yeah. the person you should be or that you want to be. Um, so I think social media and pressure to conform um, is a huge thing when it comes to the pressure that's on Gen Z, particularly. Um, and I think that's a massive difference between the the kind of pressures that have the kind of things that have been experienced between you know your generation, for example, and and everyone else. You know, any, any even millennials, I suppose, you know, didn't really have that when they were kids. Um, so I think that's that's definitely one thing. Mm. Yeah, because we we have so many 
you know, you, people my age and younger and, and even older as well, we've, we've grown up with role models online. You know, we've, we've grown up with YouTubers, um, you know, social media influencers, these types of people. And the, the, the issue with social media and, and, and these platforms is that, although they're fantastic, there's so, there's so many great benefits and advantages, they're incredible. But one of the issues is that you only ever see the top 5% of people's lives. When people post a picture on Instagram, you only see the best pictures of them looking at their best in the best yeah. moments of their lives. <laughs> and, when we, and when this is all we see, when all we see is the peak of people's lives, we start to compare ourselves to that. And that's the issue. There's nothing wrong with YouTubers. There's nothing wrong with influencers and, you know, seeing the peak of people's lives. But we mustn't compare ourselves to others online. It's that, it's that Im imposter syndrome sort of thing yeah. coming up again. Personally, I get it all the time. I'm always comparing myself to other people. I think we all do. But it's so important that we try and catch ourselves and just stop ourselves from, you know, comparing ourselves too much. And, and just remember, don't compare yourselves to other people online. Don't compare yourselves to other people who are further ahead in life, whether that could be because they're older, maybe they've got a head start or whatever, doesn't matter. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Compare yourself to who you were last week and focus on the development of yourself. I think that it's something which is, um, you know, really, really important concepts on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's just focusing on your own development. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, th I think, you know, more all too often people are, are running a race um against other people all the time um yeah and kind of they're they're always trying to catch up with someone else and then they're always looking behind at the people you know and then judging the people who are not as good as them for example and it's like this race between other people and you think, well no you know the only the only person you're racing in life is is you mm -hmm. you know it, the only person you're competing against is yourself and that then comes down to the goals you set yourself, the values that you identify and how you live your life aligned to those values. Um, and, you know, sometimes you might be speeding along massively thinking, yeah, I'm absolutely crushing it. And then sometimes, you know, you might slow down in that in that race because something happens in your life and you feel you need to take your, you know, your mind somewhere else. And that's OK. And I think there's that kind of when you're always comparing yourself to other people you think you've got to constantly go after this particular thing and it's more often than not it's money it's money and career yeah. you know yeah. people think well i have to do this and i have to get the next step and i have to you know earn this amount of money and you've talked about it on the podcast before about you know well when you get there all that happens is is that goal gets replaced with with the next step up so you yeah. never you know you always feel like you're just um racing against other people to get somewhere first or to achieve a certain thing when actually if you just kind of sit back and, and think well no what's my race what's important to me um then you're you're only racing against yourself and you you don't have this comparison with other people and mm. and you're focusing instead on making sure that you you live your life aligned to your values and and ultimately i think that's one of the things that particularly can really help with your mental health because you it can stop you from getting into a place where you're you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed but you don't know why um and then that that escalating mm. yeah I, th I think i think another thing about social media is the fact that we live in the information age you know the digital age where everything is just on command straight away information's everywhere and I, f I feel like our, our, our brains, especially among young people, you know, with, with brains that are still developing, you know, brains keep developing until, you know, we're, we're much older and older. Um, I, f I feel that we, we take in so much information. It's easy to get quite hazy up there. It's easy to get quite overwhelmed, even if it's just, you know, sitting on your phone, flicking through social media for a little while. It's information, information, information each, with each flick, with each, you know, scroll. And, and I feel that with all this overwhelmment, we, we, we struggle to understand where there's so much cloud and fog in our heads. It's hard to understand how we're feeling as well. It's, it, I think that's another issue when it comes to identifying it. Um, and also just identifying the fact that you are overwhelmed or identifying the fact that you are taking in too much information. Is that something you, um, you, you, you can understand? Yeah, definitely. And, and I suppose that is one of the reasons why uh, you're seeing this. Uh, we, we're seeing this huge kind of increase in in the younger generation experiencing depression and anxiety. Um, and I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
Um, I think the other the other thing to bear in mind is that the and this is a good thing is that we are talking about it more. It is more accepted to to be open and and talk about it more. So you you could also argue that one of the reasons that we are seeing a lot more of it in young people is because we're actually uncovering a lot more of it. Yeah. We're actually, um, you know, you, you could argue, and again, this is a cynical part of me, you could argue that um, everyone has always had this kind of level of anxiety and depression, you know, uh, uh, throughout the years, but it was, it was highly stigmatized in generations before us. So it was never really uncovered and understood. Whereas now it is uncovered a lot more, still not, you know, 100%, but a lot, lot more than it, than it used to be. Um, now, I believe that there's an element of that. I believe that there is an element of, of uh, uh, it being uncovered a lot more and people being more open and honest to talk about it, which I think is a great thing. Um, but I do think that it's, it's, it would be foolish just to explain away the rise in mental illness um, and, um, and distress that people, that, that particularly young people, are experiencing purely on that because uh, I think there is a massive um, impact of social media and this information overload, like you say, mm. uh, Callum. But the, the, the other thing as well, though, that I think is that there is this, I think you'll know this from reading, you know, a lot of, of uh, books and, and stuff around self-development is that there is a, a huge importance of connection. Yeah. And, and I feel like the, um, particularly the younger generation are experiencing this lack of connection at the yeah. moment, particularly with the, you know, with authority. So for example, look at Brexit, you know, if, if that vote happened with purely under thirties, we would still be in the EU. Um, and I feel like it's really easy for the younger generation to get really, uh, to, to, to kind of not have, feel this connection with, the you know with the politicians with uh, with government with uh, the the older generation uh, and to feel kind of sad about that and to feel like you know uh, despondent about that um, and the same can be said about the environment you know the environment mm. Brexit even the way COVID's been handled you know uh, so I, I don't want to get into politics but <laughs> I think there's that kind of lack of connection as well that's experienced. Yeah. between you know between the younger generation and, and older generations i don't think that helps either yeah well i'd also argue that there's also a lack of connection between young people between themselves you know between person to person within generation z or whatever because it, it, it's almost paradoxical but with with this where we've become so used to texting you know and and messaging the amount of people my age that have anxiety on the phone is incredible i like it wasn't until I started working in an office when I eventually got over this anxiety of picking up the phone and talking to someone who didn't have a face or, or, or you know, speaking to someone uh, in real time. It, it's, it's funny. And, we, and I think we do have that lack of connection. Um, and also just things like not, not going out and meeting face to face, not going out and, 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 and doing real world activities. A lot of people will, you know, sit on their phones. They, they, they might, um, just text in the evenings or whatever and and they'll choose to do that over actually meeting up in person and having that real human connection because that's so important I think we've seen that this year as well where people have been you know going outside to meet up um you know you know over the summer period and that sort of thing going out for walks and that type of thing it's it's been so beneficial to have that real human connection don't you think yeah definitely um and and I think one of the things that people underestimate when it comes to connection is the power of vulnerability yeah um and i think people are automatically feel scared about being vulnerable um and the word itself you know obviously makes you feel like why, why would you want to be vulnerable you know mm -hmm. there's no you feel like there's in, immediately there's no good things associated with that um but actually um one of my favorite authors is uh, brene brown actually and she talks about this a lot about the power of vulnerability um and if you are if you put yourself out there with your friends with your family with your colleagues and be vulnerable about what you're feeling about what you're going through about what your worries are um also about good things as well you know well i'm really happy about x y or z um whatever it might be um 
people will quite often really it encourages them then to be vulnerable as well mm. and i think through shared vulnerability you can then drive kindness and empathy and honesty and ultimately connection yeah and it's that connection between people that um is is really key i think uh, for managing your own mental health your own well-being but also looking after other people yeah yeah and um it's, it's, it's funny because people sort of attach vulnerability with being weak or something, but particularly among men as well, that there's a stigma attached to um, being vulnerable, you know, sh- you know, showing your feelings and that type of thing. And some people might see it as a weakness, but actually I, th- I think it's such a massive strength to be able to have the confidence and the, and the strength to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and, and let people know how you're feeling, you know, what, what you're thinking that type of thing. I think that is so powerful. And I think people really need to shift their mindset around what, what it means to be vulnerable, you know, because it's, it's not, it's not a weakness. It's really not. I, I totally, I totally see it as a strength. And I think um, the most, the most vulnerable people are actually in fact, the most confident at the same time. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think there's some, um... I think one of the reasons that people are not vulnerable with other people is because they feel shame. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, if you're if you don't want to share something, it's usually because you feel bad about it. You feel shameful about you know what it is that you're thinking or feeling, or you think that other people are going to disagree with you. And there's this thing I think where people always think that when you say something, that other people have to agree with you, or it's a bad thing. Mm. And you think, well. Why do we feel like that? Why do we feel like everyone we talk with, everyone that we we have a relationship with, we ha- they have to agree with us, and mm. otherwise it creates conflict. Why do we? Th- why is why is that where our minds automatically jump to? Mm. Where actually, I really appreciate when my wife or my friends or my colleagues um, actually challenge me on something and say, "Well, why do you think that?" Mm. Why do you, you know, why do you think we should do this, that or the other? And sometimes I'll run through my own answer and then I'll go, actually, that's a really good point. I've not <laughs> thought about it from this other perspective or from that other perspective. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, th- I think if you can try to remove the shame that you feel about things, it can help you be more vulnerable. And if you can welcome um if you can welcome challenges to your ideas, to your opinions, to the way you do things and accept that a conversation can happen between you and your best mate and um, you fundamentally disagree on something, but that's okay. Mm. Um, Then actually, you know, actually that can, that can build a better relationship moving forwards and you can have a much better understanding with that person um, and it doesn't have to end in conflict it doesn't have to end in you know you not talking to each other because you think different ways about something yeah 100% and I, th- I think that's just uh, like for me I think that just stems from the polarizing effects of modern day social media and that type of thing you know you see it in politics you, you people say oh are you left wing or you right wing you know it, it's you it's either end of the scale you never ever see um sort of like an in-between or an understanding, you know, in the middle of that. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that. But um, we, 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 we've sort of identified um, why these issues are so common, what's going on. How can we make it better, though? I mean, we, 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 we've spoken about self-awareness um, and that type of thing. But what else needs to change? For me, education needs to change. I, I know that's something which you, you agree with. Um, so what, what do you have to say about that, James? Yeah, I think education is massive, um, and um, I really enjoyed your episode with um, with Byron on this as well. Um, mm. And I agree with a lot of the stuff that you guys talked about. Um, I think it's I, I do find it mad that we spend a lot of time teaching kids things. You know, we we know that it's important for kids to stay safe crossing the road, and it's one of the first things you learn, right, when mm. you're like two, three years old, how to cross a road safely. And you, you don't learn it at two and then that's it. It's something that you, you know, you kind of learn up until the age of what, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. Um, and then you carry that forward and you, you know, you, 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 um, uh, you learn to be safe on the road. And then eventually you learn to drive 
and you learn to be safe in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, I find it absolutely mad that we do that with kids, but we don't teach them from a really young age how to look after their mental safety, their mental mm-hmm. well-being, how to look out for themselves and other people when it comes to mental health. Um, and it's still something that is kind of swept under the carpet in the education system is, you know, we don't really talk about mental health. Um, I know there's been, you know, there's, there's been strides in other areas and we, you know, there are, there are particularly with celebrities talking about it more often mm. and becoming a lot less stigmatized, but the education system is, I, I think it's just so outdated when it comes to this. Mm. Um, I feel like we could do so, so much more. Prevention is always better than cure with this kind of thing, of course. Yeah. Um, so why are we not teaching kids what mm. mental illness is, what mental health is, how they can look out for themselves, how they can look out for other people and normalize it from the age of, you know, three, as soon as you can start yeah. talking. Um, I, yeah. That's one thing that I think is, is crazy. Um, and I'd love to see, uh, see more being done in that space. Yeah. It's really frustrating. There's, there's so many things that we, we that we should be learning in school. So many things that, are not even covered so many things that we don't even understand and we're so ill prepared for adult life for the for the real world and and that's kind of thing it's what byron is doing is actually genuinely quite incredible and you don't see a lot of people talking about that that's why these conversations are so important people don't talk about it nearly enough you know and it's not fair it's not because yeah, sure, we can learn about Pythagoras' theorem and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and all that rubbish. It, it, well, it's not rubbish, but it's just, it's irrelevant. We're, 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 when you value, you know, knowing enough about your, about your biology against um, understanding mental health and, and issues and how we can make that better, there's no, there's no competition. You know, the, the the mental health lessons have to learn, uh, sorry, have to um, win there. They have to come up top. And sure, it's so important that we get all the, all our core studies down and, and, and that sort of thing. But it's equally important, more important, equally important, if not more important, that we learn these things and understand these things. Um, and yeah, it's just not yeah. fair. So that's what this podcast no, is about. It's about you're absolutely that. right. And and I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but it's something crazy like um I think it's about 75% of all mental illnesses um in adults actually start in childhood. Yeah. I, I think it's um twenty percent um before teens i think and then i think it's uh, um up to 24 is 75 percent uh uncovered up to 24 which is crazy you know it's the, it's the majority society. uh, uh you, you 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 realize them and, and and you identify them but we're not doing enough about it at an early age to um you know um bring about that prevention instead of the cure yeah. as which as you say is more important couldn't agree more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. And we t- we talk a lot when we're talking about well-being and mental health, um, particularly when we work with businesses. Uh, we talk very much about raising awareness and mm. embedding it in culture. And I think it's the same not just in businesses, but for you know in schools, in colleges, in society, in your friendship groups, in your like everything with with, ev- with every group that that you're involved in. If you can raise awareness and make it less stigmatized to talk about it and to um to understand whether you are struggling yourself or to identify in other people that they are struggling awareness is super super key um but then having a culture within a group that is supportive that is not um judge you know that, that is non-judgmental that is not kind of making people feel shame about admitting that they're struggling and that is is supportive of of getting people he- the help they need. Ultimately, you know, if we can if we can change awareness and change culture, I feel in any group of people, then you can take strides forward. Yeah, hundred percent. What about some of the practices which we can put in place in ourselves? I talk a lot about stoicism on this podcast. I know you talk about a lot about mental resilience and building that up as as almost like a muscle. Um, so how can what well first of all what is stoicism you know to you um 
And how can we implement that into our lives, Im- implement that into our mindset? Yeah, I know you uh, you love your philosophy, Callum, and oh, yeah. uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan as well uh, of uh, you know good old uh, Epictetus and Marcus yeah. Aurelius and uh, Seneca and and everyone else. Um, and yeah, I I think for me Stoicism is <clears throat> excuse me, it's about um, it's about kind of understanding the it's it's about a lot of it is about self awareness. It's about mm. understanding yourself. Um, understanding what you have control over as well, I think is really key because I think so many people place, um, place their efforts, place their, their, their worries and their, their focus and their energies on things that they have no control over or they try to, they try to control things that they have no control over. Whereas actually the only thing you have complete control over is the way that you think and feel about things. That is the only thing that anybody in the universe, in the world, can control. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the way that you think and feel about things. It's the only thing you have the ability to control. Um, other things you might have influence on and other things you just can't control at all. But if you really sit back and think about where you place your energies, I can almost guarantee that most people are, are placing their energy in, in areas that they, they just cannot control. And, and that mm. creates conflict and creates, you know, people it makes people overwhelmed and anxious um so yeah I, th- I think stoicism kind of takes you back to that core of you know who are you um what do you value and what can you control yeah which is why <clears throat> yeah i love it and equally what you can't control as well you know because um as, as you say there's so many people trying to control things that they can't control um and as a result they get overwhelmed and anxious as you say so what what are the what what, what types of things are the the sort of sorts of things which people get overwhelmed with when when what what are some common examples of what people try to control which is out of their reach do you think and that's quite a difficult question to answer on the spot but i i think the most of the time is other people yeah yeah most of the time it's other people people feel like they have control over other people over what other people think over what other people do over uh, the way other people behave. Um, and if you feel like other people, if you have this thing in your mind that other people should do something or should behave in a certain way or or should um, have been more considerate about X, Y, or Z or should have got this done on time or whatever it might be, all of those things that we have in our minds are things, it's where we're placing energy on what we think other people should do. And then when mm. they don't, when they let us down, it upsets us. It causes us anxiety or causes us um or we we apply shame Mm. and we say well that's not good enough you know you're not good enough so it's not good for that person it's not good for us um and we we feel like we have control over over that outcome over that person when we don't the only thing we have control over is the way we think and feel yeah um and we can decide it's not easy i'm not saying you can just flip a switch in your mind and decide right i have complete control over how i think and feel because you don't that's something that you know i think even the best stoics uh, have to strive for on a daily basis um yeah. but that's what i sh- strive towards anyway yeah listen there's there's so many different topics which i talk about on this podcast so many different practices which I try and introduce people to, so many practices which I try and generate a conversation about. But it's also equally important that you're not going to be 100%, you know, as you say, it's not going to be a switch which you just flick on and everything's hunky-dory, you know. I struggle with a lot of things. I struggle with, um, you know, focusing on what really matters, focusing on what I can control. I, I get anxious, you know, I, I get stressed out. Oh, I get frustrated. Them. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, everyone everyone does. does. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's just about just bringing yourself back to um, these sorts of concepts and ideas, bringing yourself back to stoicism when, you, when you're trying to, you know, control too many things at the same time. And um I think that's why it's important to um, regularly have these conversations, regularly listen to podcasts like these, regularly, you know, listen to other podcasts as well, um, which obviously I do. I don't listen to my own podcast, but um, it's um, 
You it's important. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I've had enough of myself. Uh, I listened to myself in the recording. I listened to myself in the edit. I can't be bothered to listen to myself again when it's uploaded. But um, yeah, it's it's important that we just bring ourselves back to to these things. And um, it's also about don't focus on other people. You know, don't focus on the actions of other people. Just focus on your response to that. You know, your response. And you know. Um, I think meditation is a really good practice for people to to do to um, build up mindfulness and more awareness and clear out that fog which we spoke about earlier in our heads and and think about these things helps generate a bit of self reflection and a bit of um, self awareness as well. Um, so yeah, just take account of how you're feeling. Take account of what these actions of other people, how they're making you feel, or um, how they're making you respond, and actually take a minute to think. What is my response to this? How am I thinking about this? And also, how can I make it better? Because so many people sit in there thinking, oh, this happened to me. Oh, I smashed my phone on the floor. You know, why does this happen to me? Don't think about that. Think about how you can make it better. You know, how, how, how we can make these, these um, you know, unfortunate instances, unfortunate happenings, how we can improve them and and respond to it i think that's important um so resilience james how how can we build up um a little bit more resilience obviously we've spoken about stoicism stoicism that helps us build up our resilience Mm -hmm. are there any other practices we can implement or um you know pick up resilience is um i just think it's so important at the moment in particular um because without it we we just spiral into you know into into despair yeah um and it's what i did um and i had to get myself out of it and i didn't really understand at the time either that um that it was my resilience that was poor at the time that didn't help me in 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 that you know in that period of time where i did spiral um but we we i mean there's so much out there on resilience so so much out there on resilience um but we, what you generally find is that there are five strands, five kind of themes that come out of, of most kind of areas that you're talking, uh, most sort of areas when you're talking about resilience. Um, mental well-being is one, obviously, that we've talked about quite a lot. Um, optimism is another. And that, there's a lot of kind of stoic thinking when it comes to optimism as well. Um, it, it's, it's trying to, you know, it's basically about trying to be optimistic all the time instead of pessimistic you know not mm. dwelling upon the past um and thinking you know that uh, if you think optimistically about it's, it's that kind of thing um what's that saying if you think you can or you think you can't you're probably right yeah you know it's it's that sort of thing actually if you think positively you're more likely to achieve positive mm. things um so optimism is is another one uh the third one is being solution focused so this is all about you know think actually thinking through what you're going to do to 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 solve this problem and when it doesn't work trying something else and when that doesn't work trying something else and then yeah. when that doesn't work trying something else and mm. constantly changing until it works you know so many people i think bang their head against the wall doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result yeah. um and um so that's where being solution focused is is important for resilience um the fourth one is all about accountability. So actually making sure you do what you what you say you're going to do and how you how you do that. So ideally, the best person to be accountable to is yourself. But I'm terrible at that because I don't have enough willpower. <laughs> so I have to have other people keep me accountable. Yeah. Um, so it's it's putting yourself out there and saying to your partner or your uh, friends or your colleagues, right? I plan to do this by then. And I want you to keep me on track and challenge me and, and make sure I'm, you know, I am actually doing this. So accountability is, is really important. And the last one is, is flexibility. So this is all about being really kind of open minded and flexible about what happens next. You know, um, so many people in this situation um, have been made redundant or not got into university or decided to take a year out because they want to get the full university experience. and they're just thinking, right, okay, what do I do now? And kind of sitting back to, well, okay, this is my situation. There's nothing I can do about it. So just plod on. Um, we're actually, we can sit down and, and open our minds out a little bit and, 
and think, okay, well, what can I do with that time? What really can I do with that extra year? Or, um, okay, uh, perhaps I don't want to go to that university anymore because of, you know, what's been going on. Oh, but that's where the best course was. You know, thinking, okay, well, what are the other options? How can I be flexible with this approach? Or if you have been made redundant, instead of just trying to go back into the same job for a different company, what options do I have available? Can I work in a different um, in a different uh, industry or different country even? You know, yeah. I know people now who are working for uh, businesses in Australia but living in the UK, mm. yeah? Because with the way things are at the moment, you don't have to live in the country yeah. <laughs> where you work anymore. Um, so, you know, thinking flexibly around what your options are is really key as well so i mean i can go on for, like we do whole day workshops <laughs> yeah. about around around resilience i can go on for ages yeah. about it um, but those are the kind of the five main strands really if you if you kind of think about how resilient you are in each of those areas and and try to apply that to what is going on in your life what's stressing you out what situation you're trying to overcome at the moment and try and think about each of those five strands that will really help you to be more self-aware of your own resilience, um, but also make you think, do you know what? Actually, I'm not a very optimistic person. I'm really good in a couple of those other areas. My optimism isn't great. I need to work on that. Mm -hmm. And then you can go out and, and you know, find a book or find a resource that can you can read and really reflect on to help you with that. Yeah. Awesome, James. So listen, I'll, I'll, I want to wrap up the podcast because we've had a really good conversation so far. But just before we do that, I do want to ask you um, a really, you know, in, in, interesting question to ask. And, and it'll be interesting to see your response. There's a lot of issues which young people struggle from, you know, um, obviously mental health being one of them in in this topic on this podcast. Um but what would your sort of number one advice be for young people in what, whatever sense in, in doesn't necessarily have to be mental health related. Um, but what, what would your advice be for young people? I think I, I cannot, um, I cannot overestimate the power of learning and understanding your values and striving to live by them. Yeah. I can't overestimate the power of that enough. And it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but if you can do that, I feel like if you can really understand your values, you understand what's important to you. And if you can then strive when you make decisions on a daily basis to ignore the um, ignore the noise, ignore the distractions, ignore other people and make decisions based on your values. If you do that, then you will carve out a life for yourself that aligns with what is most important to you. Yeah. And that's what I didn't do. Mm. And that's how I ended up in the situation I ended up in and had to go through a whole kind of process of, of, of what I went through and mental illness to, to understand that and to, and to now start carving out a life that does align with my values mm. but if you can do that from a young age then you don't have to go through what I and many other people have been through mm. um and I feel like if you can really but what's super important about that is you've got to you've got to understand your values and why they're important to you and be you know, almost to the point where you are, you, you would be happy walking around with them tattooed on your forehead you know that that is that that's what you stand for that's who mm. you are and that will never change and that's what's so important to you and if you can then make decisions about your career about your friends about the people that you surround yourself with about the things that you do about having a family about the things you buy about the way you act and behave if you can then make decisions that wholeheartedly align to those values then I think that's like you know that's a real uh key to happiness right because mm. you know that you're living by what you know what makes you happy and what 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 you believe in mm. you know what that's actually really really good advice and something which i don't think people really talk about um enough perhaps because so many people struggle with identity so many people struggle with that sort of thing because there's there's this sort of um desire for people to follow the crowd you know do do what 
whatever so-and-so's doing on the internet, do whatever your mates are doing, you know, and you get a lot of copycats, you get a lot of cookie cutter lives out there. So you know what, if you, if you really understand your values, really understand who you are, what matters to you. Yeah. As you say, that's, that sets you up for a life, which, um, and it's, you know, it's is, is molded to you. No, no, definitely talent, not. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, before, before I kind of, went through all this process i was you know i was quite it was all about the stuff you know buying the things buying yeah. all the stuff you know you had to have the latest phone and mm. laptop and everything else you know and like now i have to catch myself all the time you know do i need that do i want it what why am i why do i want to buy that mm. actually i want to buy it because it's a pattern of behavior that mm. i've been living out for a long time and actually i don't need it and it does i don't need it to align with what I'm trying to do right now so I'm not going to buy it so it's, it's not an easy thing it's not an mm. easy thing to do but I think it's really really worthwhile to to go through that process mm. yeah thank you for that and to wrap up the podcast I'm going to ask you the big question which I ask everyone um what is your meaning of life James um because it's it's quite subjective it's almost a bit of a cliche people have different responses to this and um you know it's people's different understandings of what life is what the meaning is so what's yours James go ahead so I've been pondering on this ever since you asked me on the podcast <laughs> I thought I know he's going to ask me this because you obviously ask everyone else and I've been I've been thinking about it and um I've I have landed on one actually and yeah. it's it's I think you'll like it because it's uh it's it's from the it's kind of from the stoics and it's uh memento mori yeah which is uh, essentially remember I mean, it sounds a bit somber but well it's not <laughs> but it's basically remember that you have to die mm. remember that you will die you know it's something that you know not one person has uh, ever uh, uh managed to avoid <laughs> uh one day you know you will die and i think the power you've talked about this before in the podcast i know but i, th I think the power of remembering that on a regular basis um gives you the the urgency to 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 live yeah yeah because if you didn't if you you know I, I, particularly i mean i remember remember when i was young when i was a kid you think you just think oh that's that's this seems like forever away i don't need to worry about it but actually i think worrying about it or not not worrying about it but acknowledging it yeah. every now and then reminding yourself every now and then that you know your life is finite you're not going to be here forever and none of us know how long we're going to be here for i mean hopefully a long time yet but i think reminding yourself that on a regular basis is the only thing that gives your life meaning yeah that actually kind of gives us some urgency to live yeah, exactly. and to make the most of it mm -hmm. um so that's my yeah that's my meaning of life death yeah, yeah that, well that, there's that stoic um uh sort of exercise isn't there that where you you um sit there i think it's yeah i think there's it might be a meditation or something but um you sit there and you imagine yourself at your funeral you imagine yourself as sort of like at, stood at the back of the back of the crowd just watching everyone at your funeral when you think about what everyone would say um <laughs> to sort of sum up your life and talk about obviously the nice things about you and um yeah it just it just brings you back to um you know something really important and I, and I feel that um there's almost like a bit of a, a discomfort talking about death you know there's, there's especially on this podcast sometimes I sit here and I think oh do I want to talk about that um, but it's not because of myself. It's not because I feel uncomfortable talking about it. It's just because I feel a bit, I'm not sure how listeners would respond to it. Um, yeah. But actually, in reality, it's really important that we acknowledge that we will die one day because it's, it's the truth. You know, it, as you say, no one's, no one's managed to avoid death other than, I don't know, I have some concerns about Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> some people think that she's immortal. <laughs> but, um, you know, other than that... Um, yeah we're all gonna die so yeah. yeah i think we i think we should we should talk about it because it's just it's part of life that's the thing it is it's part of life um and we shouldn't block it out it's it as as, as you said it, it brings that urgency it brings um enjoyment 
you know because if we did live forever then what would a day mean you know what what would these mo- the, these little moments in life which we have which are so special what would they mean so yeah that's a, that's a really nice way to a nice way <laughs> sounds funny saying that but it is a, it is a nice way to end that's the why i left that to the end of the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it, but it is nice um and listen james i've actually thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you today this has been probably one of my favorite episodes actually mate so genuinely thank oh, you for coming you on and for everyone and thank you for your time <laughs> no honestly mate it's 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 been good and um it's just um it's nice to have these switched on conversations you know about but things that really matter, things that maybe aren't spoken about enough. And um, that's what I really want to get out of these, get out of these guest episodes on the podcast is speaking about conversations that really matter to, to benefit mm. people and, um, you know, improve our lives and live happy, fulfilled lives. That's what the podcast is about. So mate, James, thank you so much. No, thank you, Callum. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, really, yeah, really, really pleased you asked me on the on, on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I think you're doing an incredible job and um yeah, keep 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 doing it because uh, it's it's what uh, uh, what ke- what keeps me going through the week when I go for a dog walk is <laughs> is listening to you and your uh, amazing wisdom uh, nuggets of wisdom. Awesome man, thank you so much again. Cheers, James. Thank you, mate. Cheers. So there you go. That's the end of the show. If you enjoyed, make sure to subscribe on your podcasting app of choice so you can download and listen as each episode is released. If this episode helped you in any way, tell your friends, tell your family, maybe even leave a cheeky review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. But that's all for now. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you in the next episode released shortly. Take care.